welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations in Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I am your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Um, This episode is coming out just like slightly shy of when it was supposed to, and thank you for your patience on that. Um, It's just like, again, you may hear this more than once, but it's a busy time. There's a lot of very exciting things going on that I'm excited to share with all of you in the next few months. And a lot of really, like everything's exciting, Um, but it's been sort of a week of some very like lame health, hormonal body things, which I'm going to get into on this podcast a little bit actually. And Uh, not my stuff, but in general. And then, um, there's just, and then there's just, there's like creating the whole course from scratch with a full client load and obligations and this, this beautiful podcast. And so it's just like, um, having like five children right now. So that's just what, that's just what it is. Some things are late. It's so, such a pleasure to be with you as always. I have a guest today on the podcast, um, who I think is really going to knock your socks off. She's one of my favorite people. Um, I want to talk about the body. So as everybody knows, um, at the recording of this, we're only a few days out or a few days uh, leading up to our new moon solar eclipse in Leo. So we're now in a multitude of different retrogrades. We're in and have been in some Mars squares. We've been in some Uranus squares or some Uranus aspects that have been very, very tough. And we are now in the fullness of our retrograde season, which is major. And to move through this number of retrogrades with the eclipse season being what it is, is pretty profound. So how a lot of people have been feeling this myself included, is in the body. And you might not have noticed it at first, but if you're a bleeding person, did you get your period early this week? If so, was it intense? Was there a lot of clearing? Maybe like older blood that you maybe have been holding on to for a little while? Was it an insane moon cycle? Did it bring up all the feelings? Have you had some weird ass health thing come up that you haven't dealt with in forever? Are you kind of hurtled back to anything old, any pains, any aches? I'm going to guess that for the most part, even if it's really subtle, the answer is yes. Um, Maybe not with the moon cycle, (laughs) but with the body Um, If you are somebody who's ready to bring something down and in, chances are your body is really feeling it right now and is probably serving you up some old ass shit from 20 years ago in the form of um, an infection or a cold or a pain or an injury in some way. this is a very specific transit for the body. And I'll tell you why, because, um, as cliched as this sounds, and I've said this a couple of times on this podcast, 
um, we've got to talk about the themes of like upgrading and evolving and expanding because that's that's not the brain's first place to go. The brain's first place to go is we're dying, everything's fucked, things were going well, and now they're not going well. And we forget this is not the overculture's narrative. The overculture's narrative is that life is a straight line and that we move and if we're lucky, things are less than rocky. And if we're not lucky, things are rocky. And if we they do get rocky, we should figure out what we did wrong so we can try to correct it. And that's not, um, it's not that it's, that that idea is wrong. It's just not the truth because children get sick. They didn't do anything. You're no different. There's all kinds of different reasons that we move through difficulty in this life. And it's not even to say that there has to be a reason for anything. But there are as many unique invitations to evolve. And when I say the word evolve, what I'm speaking about specifically is intentional, the choice, the intentional choice to grow through something uncomfortable. That's what we're talking about when we say evolution, that we get saddled with a sickness, with an illness, with a setback, with an injury, with, um, you know, a flare up of our trauma or, you know, an invitation into depression or something major and a major, major, major life event. And it's not that we don't have our grief, our horror, our, our rocky as fuck times in the mud, but it's that we're holding a space somewhere in there that we're going somewhere with it or that something in what we were handed is yielding some kind of an evolution. Even if we can't see it, we don't need to be like excited about it. It's just part of life. So the reason that we talk about, I think over culture, uh, rather not over culturally, over culturally, but I think in the spiritual realm, the reason why these words are so, um, perhaps overused is because, um, they're so grossly underused in the world that we're still kind of in the process of buying into it a little bit. Even those of us who have really committed ourselves to this path, I mean, like, I've gone through shit even in the last two, three months that's been so triggering for my nervous system. I've had moments where I've been like, is there like, am I making all this up? Is there like even a God? Is this just like total chaos? And I think it is chaos out there, but ordered, <laughs> you know, like the spiral can be like medicinal chaos, um, benevolent chaos, kind chaos. Um, but that, bottom will drop out from under me and I'll buy into this story that isn't that it's so disturbing or so upsetting. It's just not my truth. And when we're out of our, our truth, it's so painful. And what winds up happening is that we wind up getting stuff in the body. Not always, but right now that's happening where if we're confronted with something from the shadow, something old, something kind of like an old invitation, 
into smallness or we see our family again during this time, our blood family, things can come up that we might not necessarily be able to fully track. Meaning your blood family who you might have major, major, major anger toward that you're not always feeling on the surface or thinking about because it's old and because you don't necessarily have a place to put it, but the body's taking care of it for you because it is moving around in there. It's just not on the front of your mind. This eclipse retrograde season is the time when your family will be put in front of you, perhaps on purpose, to bring that physical manifestation of rage to the surface through something, through bladder issues, stomach aches, headaches, rage that you don't know what to do with that manifests itself in all kinds of different things. And it might throw us off our game a little bit. This is what I've been seeing in all of my clients. There might be a moment when it's like, oh shit, like what happened? Like I was fine. I was moving and grooving. Now all of a sudden, like I've got this fucking stomach flu or this cluster headache and I, I'm, what happened? And what happened is that this is the time to actually exorcise E-X-O-R-C-I-S-E. This is the time to exorcise everything that's not meant to live in the body, meant to be held by the body up and out of us so we can claim it, name it, feel it, process it, and let it go. You know, really, really let it go and allow there to be space for new because that's the whole point is that this retrograde eclipse season is a really really big clearing that sounds so awesome but to clear you have to get your hands dirty and sometimes there are things under the surface that are really disturbing and confronting and intense or there's like an infestation or there's a skeleton and you kind of have to deal with that before you break ground and that's what we're doing so I mention this publicly because I think probably most people listening to this are going through something with their bodies. I think that this is a collective thing if we're aware of it and if we're willing and if we're in a position to be upgrading during this time. You know, also, you might be making some things happen during this retrograde period. Some things may be like happening for you in that. Um, way that kind of directly defies <laughs> the advice of a lot of excellent astrologers like don't sign contracts don't don't make plans don't make arrangements it might very well be that some things are in fact manifesting right now to um, be considered and to be channeled and to do that, there has to be space. So if something's coming up for you, I'm not saying like, don't get it checked out, see a doctor, go on antibiotics, go on medicine, um, take a break, whatever you kind of have to do to serve the vessel. But to hold a space for the fact there's something much bigger happening and there's a much bigger invitation and what you might not have thought as being part of the collective clearing probably is um, we do so much and I'm not 
this is not a dig. This is just... It's an observation without any judgment. We do so much um, in the spiritual realm to kind of like act like we don't have bodies, act like we don't get sick, act like we're not going to die one day. Um, like the way we eat, it, it's all kind of has this tone of panic under it. Like if we do this, we might not die. And then what happens is when we inevitably get sick, when we inevitably have um, our body's perfect response to something, even if it's illness, we're met sometimes in the community with some judgment. It's some confusion because there's a belief in the overarching idea of this, of working with the body that it needs to somehow be controlled and managed and maintained. And if it gets sick, we've done something wrong. And, you know, my teacher says illness or pain from injury, if you're looking at it like the clearing that it is, is no different than sore muscles after a workout. It's actually no different. And she's right, I think my teacher, Michelle, um, there's a lot of power to this idea of beginning to change the paradigm in a spiritual perspective of how we view the body being the body, how we view the body's way of communicating with us, um, and determining the difference between the brain acting on behalf of the body and being like, oh yeah, the body wants this and it actually doesn't. And the body quietly saying, you know, I would prefer not, or I actually would like some bacon today, or I would like some, I would like a burger today, or I would not like a burger today. And I would really like that you not judge my, my preferences. Um, and that might be triggering for some people. And if it's triggering for you, I encourage you to sit with it as always. Um, cause there's total respect for all choices. What we're, what, what we're getting invited to consider here, because this is a lot of it is happening in, we're in Leo season and Leo is about the heart. Leo is about the sun of the body, the light of the body. Sunshine is a tricky thing. It can warm, it can bronze, it can make things literally grow out of the ground. That's the kind of power Leo has to like conjure seeds into flowers. That's how deep it goes. And we've all, we all know what it is to be around someone who's got like a little Leo to them. Um, but it can also dry out and parch the ground, crack the ground. And we got to just be thinking about how our sunshine is feeling. And if there's a lot of heat, there's a lot of intensity, we really want to be connected to this idea of gentleness, curiosity, and respect about what the body is trying to invite us into considering. Your body is a perfect instrument, and so often, even in the spiritual world, we're trying to make war with our body. We're trying to not make the body get sick. We're trying to control it. We're trying to be more fit, more toned. 
that's perfect. And it's a perfect, right, correct, gorgeous endeavor. All of it. It's not something that I'm judging at all. But there are times when we have to put aside our agenda for something deeper that the body wants us to process and clear that might sometimes take us away from our workout. It might sometimes take us away from the diet or the way of eating that we um, usually engage in because we think it's a good idea without ever having checked in with the body. We're not accustomed to that because we're afraid a lot of the time that if we check in with the body, the body will slow us down somehow. So this is the knot that is getting untied right now in these times. The more aware we are of the knots, the easier it can be. So I encourage you to consider this, just see if it resonates for you. And the second thing is that to remember and to remind you that we're always talking about these giant themes. Again, evolution of growth, of expansion and contraction, of rebirth. What facilitates all that? The body. If you have a major upgrade, a healing crisis, a rebirth, if you are, if you have a soul evolution, if you have an upgrade in your channel and you're starting to receive information or you're beginning to pull in more abundance and things are blowing up for you, what do you think is, is holding that? The body, the body, this vessel, everything's got to come through it. If we've been abused, if there's been trauma, the body holds that for us, literally. It holds it in a container until we're ready to work with it. And it could be years. It could be premature. It never feels like it's on time with the body. So part of our job right now is to also remember that, that these bodies are sometimes the most beautiful sources of information. Like if we're, quote, doing everything right, but we keep getting like UTIs, or if we're, quote, doing everything right, but we keep breaking out, or if we're, quote, doing everything right, but we keep, you know, not losing weight or whatever it might be, not feeling better. Um, it's just information. It's not information that you're fucking up. It's just information, period, that um, there's more to understand. It doesn't mean there's more to do or more to figure out. There's just more to understand. Sometimes the body just wants to be honored. Like, wow, thank you so much for my heart, my lungs, for moving the blood around my body. Thank you. You're doing such a great job. Sometimes it just wants to be honored. This is a real physical year. This has been a year, 2018, of body stuff because it's a high priestess justice year. And if anything's lingering in the body, chances are it's going to come up and out to be cleared this year. Next year is um, an Empress Hangman year. So this next year is going to be about um, seeing things differently, surrendering to something much bigger than us. 
and about learning to receive in a whole in a whole new way um getting a little bit more in the flow of venus and neptune which are the ruling planets of these next two um of this next year so there's just a lot of things to think about there and that's what i was called to share today thanks for listening hope it resonated um, the other tiny announcement, two tiny announcements I want to get to before I intro my guest, um, my course, my eight week course, Tear for the Wild Soul is still open. We now have less than a month before it closes enrollment. I am not lying when I say that there are over, well over, I think there's like 150 people in the Facebook page already. We've got a dialogue that's like a mile long going. Everyone's introducing themselves. They're reading books. They're trading ideas. It's like the community last year that developed on that page was so special. And by the way, if you don't have Facebook, there's a community uh, message board option on the platform we use, and it's just as rich. But um, it it is popping over there. And I wanted to share that because it's an online course. And I don't think many people realize that the community that developed last year and that I will give myself props develops every time I do an online offering is pretty amazing. And people connect in my court card class. There's now, um, a small hub of people who are doing process work with readings as in they give a reading, something happened with it without divulging any private information, um, they process with each other, which is something that came up during the King's, um, lecture, lecture, the King's lesson in the court cards, in the court card immersion that I just did, that is different than the one I'm doing in the big course. But, um, it's like these amazing offshoots that happen. And, um, if you've been thinking about doing the course and you're kind of like, well, you know, Tarot, I encourage you to consider it from a perspective of community because even though it's an online community, it's pretty fierce and some major partnerships, friendships, co collaborations have cropped up from that. And so um, if that's enticing to you, you can join us and it would be an honor to have you. And I'm going to be sharing a lot more about kind of behind the scenes, what's happening with the workbook, what's happening with the um, visual kind of stuff for the course. It's it's going to be um, spectacular, and I'm so excited to share it with everybody. Um, really immersive and beautiful. So if you are interested in signing up for the course, you can go to my website, lindsaymack.com. And you can either click on the little menu, click on Soul Tarot School, and then click on Tarot for the Wild Souls, <laughs> which is a kind of a long way to get there. Or you can go to lindsaymack.com slash TFTWS Tarot for the Wild Soul TFTWS course. Just the initials for Tarot for the Wild Soul and then course. Let me make sure there isn't a number behind that. Yeah, TFT, TFTWS course. And um, sign up. There are payment plans. And 
it's going to be a really powerful ride. I'll tell you that. I'm really excited. Um, and then the other um, thing is that this is a request that I make every once in a while. It's one that I know is kind of annoying, <laughs> probably even to hear about it. But um, I, I would like to ask, we, oh my God, I have an announcement before I make this request, but the announcement is connected to the request. <laughs> um, we have had, thanks to you, thanks to the unbelievable listenership of this podcast, we have had over a million downloads of this podcast. And I just want that to sink in because it's only been up for a year and the passion and the dedication and the support and the presence of all of you have facilitated such an achievement. And really, I mean, other than to say that there's been a million downloads or there's nothing else to that, but, um, it's an amazing thing. And I was blown away by it. Just want to say thank you. And, um, wanted to ask with great humility and gratitude, if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you have appreciated the work that I've done, the work that our guests have done, if you've gotten anything out of this podcast, if it's shifted you, changed you, I ask you please to rate us, to rate it on iTunes. I'm not even going to say review. You can review if you want. The reviews are incredible. I read them all. They touch my heart. Even the nasty ones. It's only been a few, but I've taken something from some of them. And um, the ratings help. The ratings help with charting which help us get more guests on. The ratings help with our position, which allows me to go to venues and say, I would like to do podcast episodes live here. Look at how high we chart. It makes a huge difference. The audience ship, um, it's not just a numbers thing or like, you know, so I'm not asking for you to take the time to review literally all you have to do in your iTunes app um, or in iTunes. You don't even need to be a member of iTunes. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. But if you are, if you can just go down to the five stars and click five stars, which I'm being generous if you like us, you know, five stars would be great. And if you can click that shit and um, send us rolling, like maybe even over a thousand um, five-star reviews, like we're at eight, or I think we're at 680 now. I really believe that that's possible. And it would make me, I'm just going to be honest, it would make me so fucking happy. <laughs> like, and, you know, I'm committed to no sponsorship. I'm committed to um, not asking y'all for money. Like I'll share with you when I'm doing offerings, but this is a really free offering. Um, and this is the only exchange that I ask. And you're also welcome to say no to that too. <laughs> so whatever makes you happy, you don't need to feel pressured. But if you liked it, if you've gotten something from it, um, click that five star button. It would make things, it would make me just so happy. Um, thank you. Um, okay. Now I'd like to inter I'd like to introduce my guest. 
So my guest today is my dear friend, my student, my sister, my colleague, uh, the amazing Alicia Sicolotti of The Well Tarot. Alicia and I met, I'm so bad with years. When it's two years, it's three. I can't remember. I think it was three years ago. Yeah, it would have been three years ago. Alicia and I met at a week-long immersion with Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, um, one of her trainings and her immersions, which she does in Colorado. And Alicia was there with her mom. And both of them were these like hilarious, deep, rich, beautiful Southern ladies. And we hit it off immediately. And very shortly into being in that week-long immersion, Alicia had shared with me that she and her mom had been at every single training that Dr. Estes has ever offered. So Alicia, um, one of the most beautiful things about her is that she's one of the most kind-hearted, beautiful people, magical people I've probably ever met, but she um, is a true student of um, Dr. Estes, which is an incredibly beautiful and unique quality about her framework of learning because it's not, it's something not a lot of people share. Alicia is the founder of The Well Tarot. She's a queer woman, a tarot reader, healer, and registered um, medical practitioner. She's a nurse. And in The Well Tarot, um, she offers profound soul-centered readings, space holdings, offerings. Um, she's trained with Dr. Estes. Uh, she's done my course. She um, has worked with Prana Devi and is an absolutely amazing space holder in so many different ways. Um, her offering the well tarot extends itself to beautiful, beautiful, um, mailers. Her Instagram is beautiful. She's a supportive, um, she's just the most supportive person. I'm just really excited to share more about her. Um, some of her offerings, um, are just so really rich and unique. Really, all of them are rich and unique. I meant to say that, all of them. Um, Alicia is truly someone who also has survived and thrived. Speaking of surviving and thriving and evolving through some major stuff. And her experiences have colored her true desire to serve and even the well tarot she once shared with me was created because um, everyone deserves to be well and that's part of what she desires to bring what however you're feeling that sense of wellness and wholeness is available to all of us um, there's so much more to say about her she's done so much but um, we really dove in deep with this um, podcast and, and this interview and it actually took place a while ago so um, she has expanded even more since we spoke and you can check her out at all the links in the uh, show notes to find that out but 
I'm just so excited to bring you our conversation. It's been a really beautiful journey with Alicia and I of meeting three years ago at that training and bonding there and then staying connected. Then she took my course and continued to move into different offerings that are only open to course members. And the bond grew even deeper. I watched her just expand into her gift and begin to offer it publicly. And it's been a real joy. So um, without further ado, this is the longest intro ever. Um, I bring you my conversation with Alicia Sigalodi, and I wish you an absolutely beautiful week. Next week, we'll, do, we'll be doing a lesson. So um, very excited to offer it to you. Be well until then, and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations in Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. Um, I am just like every week I'm tickled, but this week is particularly special for me. This gal is one of my deepest loves. I treasure her. She um, is a student. She is a contemporary. She is a fellow wild soul. The amazing and comparable Alicia Sigalotti, founder of The Well Tarot, is with us today. Welcome, girl. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited and thrilled to have you. It's um, it's a dream, like literally dreaming. Uh, um, where are you calling us from? I live now on the Olympic Peninsula of Washington State which is gorgeous, and um, I've lived here about a little over a year. Girl, I um, did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a southern expat. Yeah. Like, I, uh, yeah, we, um, after the dreadful, horrible, we knew that we probably uh, did not want to spend the rest of our life in the South, Um you know, for so, and it was so, that's a whole nother podcast because yeah. that's like so, <laughs> so complicated, you yeah. know, because I wanted to stay, but yet I don't. And, you know, um, I love like deep, deeply in my heart, I will always be Southern and I love the South, but um, for right now we needed kind of a break. So yeah. we came to this beautiful, soft, fern-filled panda uh, and we love it. So amazing. You know, my husband, Chase, and I were just talking about because he is from, we were just discussing something somewhat similar because he is from like deep middle of nowhere, like true, the Midwestern, the kind of Midwestern town like you mm -hmm. read about. Like he's from that level of a small Midwestern town in, um, Indiana and it's wow a lot of the beautiful things and a lot of like the really not so beautiful things but we were talking yesterday like he has no regrets about moving to New York City but how there are parts of the heart that are connected to certain aspects of the homeland and how there's like for anybody who's really interested in evolution and change like there is this like internal desire to like stay and change it from the inside like even like voting and stuff like that. Um, I feel like that's something that's really a specific, um, like to love the homeland, but also like have to leave it is like a very specific energy, you know? 
Yeah, so deeply. Because I, and like, it's such a duality because I think that there is such, there's also such a beautiful and fierce energy in those that stay and do that change. Yes. Like, that's like, I just, and in all things, I, I honor all paths like so deeply that that's the way that I, um, you know, really deal with any feelings of guilt of leaving of mm-hmm. shame of leaving of like yeah. people you know because there will always be people that will say you know well, why would you why would you do that why would you leave why wouldn't you fight but you know we all have our our destinies uh, and our paths our, yeah exactly yeah, totally like, so yeah and some people but can that's do where I am today <laughs> that's beautiful well <laughs> long story short i i want to I, uh, that's so great. I like didn't know that, which is shocking because I feel like we <laughs> connect a yeah. bunch. Yeah. Um, so you are the founder of the Well Tarot. You've been reading tarot for many years and are now just kind of stepping into it, claiming claiming your calling, as my really dear friend Mariah likes to say, in terms of like shining your gift, shining your light. So Well Tarot, I feel like, is this beautiful baby but you've been pregnant mm-hmm. for a really long time with that mm-hmm. incarnation and I'm just curious I'd love to start my interviews with this like can you um share a little bit about your quote tarot birth story like how you found it and how it's kind of um spiraled its way through your life as a tool oh sure like um I can't really talk about my tarot birth story without like my witch birth story, Word. which is bring it, love it. Probably like yeah, like like longer. Um, but I <laughs> so lots of '90s kids will probably uh, like feel this because in the very very early early '90s, like maybe '91, '92, I grew up. I, I'm originally from Alabama. But I also grew up on the Gulf Coast of Florida, mm-hmm. and there was a uh, New Age shop, and I don't think that it had any other name. Like, I don't think it was, I think it was just the New Age the Shop. The New Age Shop, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I uh, moved from Alabama to Florida, there was, like, there was just this bonded group of kind of misfit kids that kind mm-hmm. of all came together around the same time that I was um, really like, I mean, changed my life forever and ever to this day. And um, one of those kids, his name was Tommy McKee. Shout out if you're out there. Um, and to anyone that knows him, probably like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's talking about this. <laughs> but um, there was. Uh, and his family was uh, from Louisiana, and they had uh, just a kind of a rich, witchy history. And I think we were all pretty much drawn to that. The occult at that time was really, really um, just a huge draw. And I think at that time of your life, too, adolescence is when you start to kind of stretch your wings a little bit and touch things that you um you know, may have always had in your heart, but you didn't have a way to express it. So you kind of get that. And so that's what we were all doing. And there was this place in our town, uh, and it was just like some old, like, salt sand trails with the, you know, like now it's like a condo development or something. <laughs> but it was um, it was aptly named Sin City. Love and it. Right. And so we would all sneak out of our houses 
and go and hold these crazy rituals and like you know just be insanely into everything dark and uh beautiful that we could get our hands on and um so that like just stayed with me like I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people that it didn't stay with (laughs) yeah um you know, and I think that happens too. Like we all kind of forge our own ways, but I, uh, I just remember, and I can't remember feeling even then, but you know, I'm a uh, Leo moon. So this is typical. Um, (laughs) I remember thinking even then, like, this is real for me. Like (laughs) the rest of you, but like, this is my life. Okay. So Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, like I can't yes. remember. I can't remember being like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, you're playing," but this is for real. Um, <laughs> this is so, my truth. <laughs> yes, this is my truth right now. And I think, like, I think I remember Tarot being a part of that, like, just because all things were, you know, like we all had the big blue book of Llewellyn's ways to be a witch yes. or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> um, but. Then, uh, you know, fast forward a million years and, um, I was probably in my early, yeah, early to mid twenties. And, um, there was, I was living back in Alabama and fairly close to Atlanta. And there's a beautiful bookstore called the Phoenix and Dragon in uh, North Atlanta. And I picked up the mother piece and I was just like, boom this is it this is like this is my girl this is my whatever I I picked her up and um I worked with the mother piece primarily really until uh solely until last year uh maybe the year before Hmm. and man did we have a complicated relationship like and I still, I feel like the, I feel like, I mean, it's different for everybody, but the mother piece to me, I mean, it is a truth talking deck. It is. And it will say, and this, this may sound a little uh, controversial, but it will say to me, you don't deserve to hear me right now because you're coming at me crazy. Oh my and, God. Yes. I've never heard you know? anyone articulate that as... I've never, you put language to something that I don't know that I've ever had the language to. Yes, I am going through that right now with the mother piece. That's like, cool your goddamn mm-hmm. jets and then come back to me when <laughs> you have a real question. Yes. 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 Yeah. Like when you, and like any time that I've been in like, you know, just like in my bullshit. And and that's when I go, like, that's when I'm all like, Oh, I need to, you know, do a spread, but whatever. And, and the mother piece is like, (laughs) you are out of your mind. Like, no, like it will give me cards like that say no, literally that are like the only interpretation is like, no, what? Do you, you know, know what, do you know what like, the mother piece does too, which like, I'm so sorry to like interrupt your sacred story, but do you <laughs> no. know, what, do you know what else it does? Because now you've like filled me with the fire of a thousand suns, just like wanting to like blaze <laughs> forth and discuss this. Like 
this is something that I didn't like understand. The mother piece is meta. So like you, it sometimes mm. takes me a little while to figure this out, but she will. And you know, she's so, well, it's so subtle. I should not gender that, but she, um, mm. I love how I immediately gender it, but, um, she feels, mm-hmm. she feels like a Thank she, you. but she's they, whatever. But the deck will, the deck will, like, I will come at it with a question that feels like a truth to me. And I'm not pulling on anything that even is in the same realm. And then mm-hmm. I will figure out like, oh, it's talking to me about where I am right mm-hmm. now so that I can be available to like even receive the answer to that question. And so then I'll mm-hmm. have to like put the deck away and be like, okay, great. Like when was the last time I ate? Do I need to do X, Y, Z? Am I really needing to kind of center root and clarify it? And then I'll go back and it will be very clear, but it's very interesting how it will get, maybe not meta is not quite the right word, but it will kind of without naming it, will I, I know that all tarot decks do that but it will like I think the mother piece to me is the is the deck that behaves most like guides I don't know if you agree with that my guides do that yeah. to me all the time where I'm like I have the most important question in the world and they're like go make yourself breakfast and that's all they'll say <laughs> and I'm like oh I hate you so much okay. right now okay <laughs> And then I come back and I hear it right away or I'll hear it while I'm making breakfast. Right. But like, isn't that interesting how it, that's just, oh. it's natural way, isn't yes. it? It is. Have you yes. experienced Absolutely. that too? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, right? For for literal years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm not kidding. That happened like, to me this morning. For actual years. Yeah. And I was so, you know, and I was so like, um, so dedicated, I think to the mother piece that it took a lot mm. for me to look to other decks. I hear you. Like it really did. It took like, and I have like, like I'm looking at five different decks right now. Like I, <laughs> you know, but I, I have, because I am a t- complete magical thinker and I assign like lives to inanimate objects. Yes. Um, Same. It's hard for me to like, you know, and it was, it was, it was actual years that it was yeah. like, what are you saying? Like, yes. what are you saying to me right now? Yeah. I also think that, and this is like, in no, like, this is just in no way to talk about any other deck whatsoever, but mm. for me and my experience with the mother piece and with other, other things like other there are just really clear channels in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. and there are just certain objects and stories and beings and just all sorts, manner of things that are just pure. And those things, and especially like, I think also when you are, if you have the experience of starting out and you're fired up in your in your knowing and knowledge of your spirit and of spirit and of those things like you in that moment you're like so wide open mm-hmm. for 
that doesn't happen every day. Yeah. And so I think some of the messages that can, when you mix such a clear channel with such a clear, open heart, sometimes those messages don't equate to earthly understanding. And yeah. I really feel totally. like that that can happen, you know, where you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you're blowing And they're like, <laughs> they're like, I'm talking about the world, bitch. Like, <laughs> like everything. That's yes. what I'm talking about right now. Yes. You know? <laughs> and, and that, it just, I don't know. Yeah. So you don't, like, you get a little, and I did, like, for years, I would be like, I've literally, it hates me. I've gone through that. Like, oh, my God, Mother Peace hates me. The, I, and then I would hate it. I would be like, I don't fucking like this art. It's stupid. I don't like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what kind of, what kind of bullshit is making tortillas? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? You know, we, I've just gone through so much and I do I want to tell you a quick hysterical thing that I remember about (laughs) meeting you is that I remember literally I had literally no fucking idea who you were like at all Mm -hmm. no idea I all you know whatever I'm like I think I was probably live I don't know I was living in podunk fucking somewhere and I remember saying to you oh my god have you ever seen the mother piece, that round deck? And, then, and like, now I'm like, you moron. Dude, what? No way. <laughs> that was literally like, ask, like, if I asked Whitney Houston, like, had she ever seen, you know, like, uh, what's the, and then I can't think of the movie, but, um, you know, have you ever heard Dolly Parton sing, I will always love you? Yeah. It's so good. Well, I'm very flat. I'm very flattered by that. I, I don't think of myself that way, but it made me feel so excited when you asked me that was the, so for anybody who, I think I'm, I'm going to say this in the intro, but Alicia and I met working with Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, the author of women who run with the wolves, Alicia has been a student of Dr. Estes since 2009, right? Yeah. 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 And I came along like <laughs> one year um, and haven't haven't been called back since. And it has nothing to do with not loving it. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're like her student. And um, I was so excited to go and like kind of like didn't tell anyone that I was going and like didn't really talk at all about what I was doing. Like I, it was like, you were, I mean, one of the most wonderful people I met there because it was just like the opportunity to really like, did you know, when you mentioned to folks that you're like, I think I mentioned to people that I was a tarot reader, but when you mentioned to people that like, sometimes they like have questions and I just didn't want to answer questions. It was like at a very burned out period and um but you're so funny like I I would never think of myself like that it just made me so happy that you knew the deck that was so exciting and I remember Roberta loved it too yes yeah Yeah. oh god I love her yeah yeah um it was it was just wild it was like uh you know and that that story that experience is so indicative to me of my relationship with the deck. Mm. 
Mm. is like you know what I mean like yeah. I'm all puffed up like uh, you know like have you ever seen this jet like duh yeah well, because I have, like for... other people exist in the world it's crazy but dude wait <laughs> and I'm that's gonna... so offended that the I'm going to give us like a little credit. I keep interrupting you and it's not acceptable. I'm so sorry. I'm just excited to be talking to you. But like I have to I have to like toot our horns a little bit because when I got this, I was given the mother piece 13 years ago and like went, right. went on and off with it. And like 13, what, five, it doesn't fucking matter. But I was given this deck when I was 20 years old and I'm almost 34. So 13, 14 years. But um nobody had it that I was talking to. Right. And, and yeah. like four years ago when I was like dipping my toes into doing this in New York, I got shade for this deck because at that yeah. time yeah. everyone was using the wild unknown. So like mm-hmm. people were like, what's this? And I was like the greatest mm-hmm. deck of all time. Like that's what it is. <laughs> and so I get that's it because it I, yes. I understand because when we f- like, it's still that way. I feel like when a when a soul deep like to the bone mother piece like user because we're it's it's like a very I think it's very special like when you have a an affinity yeah. to this deck because like especially when there's trauma like you have survived mm-hmm. unbelievable trauma and and have evolved through things that most people can't even imagine like it tends to find us. And so, like, when you find yeah. another user of it, it's really exciting. And, like, when when one of us is like, have you heard of this? this I feel like it's, <laughs> like, spreading the good word, you know? Like, it's just, like, uh, I know it's special. But not, I don't know if that was your experience, too. But I didn't know anybody who used this deck at that time at all. No. No. I thought, like, I, I honestly, and, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I'm trying to remember, like. I know the internet was around, but it wasn't like today, you know? So like, I didn't know the history. And at that time in my life, I was not at all available to a lot of, um, I don't know, to a lot of outside knowledge, really, I guess, about Mm -hmm. anything. And especially about something as private as, um, as like my spiritual practice, because I'm a very lone witch, like mm-hmm. very, very. And, um, like that's just my, a hundred percent. My path is just, um, very, uh, private about it. Very, it's just, it's just so deeply, um, personal, you yes. know, that yeah. there's, I don't like share that, I mean, of course, you know, Oh, you don't share it. You're sitting here on a podcast, but I mean, like, I don't know. I have evolved to share it totally. for so long. It was so private. And like the mother piece in particular at that time, um, you know, uh, I'm just going to give a little bit about my history mm-hmm. um, that, uh, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you do like a just blanket trigger warning, but trigger warning. Trigger warning. Um, yeah. For, yeah. Trigger warning. But um, I, when I was 17, I was abducted by someone that I knew and was close with and, um, you know, spent two years just like really very severely physically, sexually, psychologically abused. And, um, then in 2009, 
uh, two months after I studied with Dr. E for the first time, my um, then partner and I were in a car accident and she was actually um, paralyzed in the car accident. Mm. And so like, I like, I had a lot of physical um, manifestations of trauma Mm -hmm. and a lot direct like those manifestations like directly I think in part because of the physical or the physicality of my trauma the nature of my trauma was very very physical Mm -hmm. and the mother piece feeling and being round I don't know that I don't know I could put it to good words but it felt like the only deck I could hold. Like I could literally not hold in my hands the edges. Mm. And I think that feeling it and feeling that just like the roundness was actually the only thing that I could feel and feel okay about and feel like, okay, you know, like I think I could, I think I could shuffle these cards. I think I could hold these cards in my hand. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, like, I don't know. And everyone, you know, every single solitary one of us is different, has a different deep experience. But for me, it was even just that was healing. I, I have a specific memory of holding those cards in my hand and feeling the roundness and feeling a level, you know, one skin of the onion peeled back. And I will forever be grateful to the creators of this deck because, because of that, you know, because it, I don't think that's a singular experience. I doubt that I'm the only person that felt that, you know. Well, I'm, you know, again, just bowing. Thank you for sharing what you have the sharing of story is so important and so healing and you even just sharing this, like I guarantee you there are people listening to this who maybe have never even thought about the mother piece and are now like actively buying it as they speak because of what you've just shared. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hold it, feel it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was going to say the nature of how you're able to articulate those things are, is just really exquisite. Like, I don't know that, not that that means, not that th- this doesn't mean anything, but I, I've never even thought of that. Mm, yeah. And like, well, of I'm course, glad. you I know, hope you think about it. <laughs> I yeah. will now, like yeah. <laughs> every time I use them probably yeah. like it's, it's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. How, yeah. how did like, <clears throat> I, you know, different, completely different circumstances, but, you know, as you know, very well, and everybody listens, like I'm been very open about the fact that Tara has been a very important tool in my perpetual healing and processing of my PTSD. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, how has tarot shown up for you in the process of working with your trauma? Have you found it to be a tool in your like medicine pouch that has been really important? And if so, how has that manifested itself for you? For sure. It's, um, it, so, 
survivors of trauma, especially, and especially in complex PTSD, uh, dissociation is a, is a huge, um, uh, you know, wound in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a response to trauma in which, you know, you just are separate from your body and you also don't, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of how to, how to put this. So you don't always trust that you know what's real. Yeah. And you don't always trust. And it is a lifelong process uh, to relearn and reconnect mm-hmm. with yourself. Mm-hmm. When you have had to sit outside yourself and um, in order to survive, literally and physically, um, you know, it's not like you just snap back in. Um, it's a lifelong journey of reconnection. And the way that tarot works for me um, is that it's it's a it's a mirror, it's a reflection. It's a uh, I trust the archetypal theory. I think that's I think that's also a great portion of it is that, um, my belief system and everything that I know to be true leads me to believe in the archetypal system of, yeah. you know, um, of archetypes and that, you know, um, and, and it is the tarot is also a telling of the story. You know, I look at tarot from, from the fool through, through, through not only the world, but through the King of Pentacles. And I see, I mean, that's a, it's a multi-layered journey and it's a story and, um, much like everyone's life, the story doesn't just go start to finish. So like when I pull a card that can tell me where I am right this second in that journey, right this moment in that journey, what, what could I focus on that could help me through that moment Mm -hmm. and it's the fact that it's so rich and layered not only the major arcana but the minor arcana as well like that it's so it's just rich with human experience Mm -hmm. it's just so deep with what we what the root of what we go through is and I think that that's what makes it so timeless also is that it's, it's, um, the, the faces change, the situations change, you know, there's different change in each generation, but the root of our being and our spirits as humans are, you know, fairly remain the same. Mm-hmm. And it shows us that, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's the, it's the root to the flower for sure for me. And I couldn't, um, even with mother piece, I do have to say that like with, even with mother piece, um, you know, well, I talked a lot about the complicated relationship we had, but when I came back to tarot and really, I don't know, felt that like deep calling that like, okay, this is, like, this is one of your things. Like, this is something that's going to really um, work for you. 
and that wants you to work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used Doreen Virtue's Angel Deck because I had such mental fuckery around so many things, um, spirit based, that I just like couldn't <laughs> go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I needed something so benign and so um, uh, almost like fantastical mm-hmm. to kind of ease me, ease me into that practice again. Um, you know, so and I think that that's important. Uh, I think that's one thing like... Um, I just heard you say recently uh, about the office being something that you went to as mm-hmm. a, yeah. you know, <laughs> as, as like a tool for yes. dealing with like those rough times. Yes. Is like, I think that that's so important. I think we, for most trauma survivors uh, are really, really hard on themselves. Like it's just kind of a, um, a true thing for, for most people that survive trauma is that they're just so hard on ourselves in our healing Mm -hmm. and it's completely okay to be softer. It's okay. Like if you need to look, if you need, if the office is your Oracle and you spin Netflix (laughs) and say, Hey, today, what do I need to know today? And you know, like that's okay. Mm. It's so okay gorgeous words and you know we part of the reason why I think we've just connected so deeply is like our stories are so similar not in terms of our um our physical um like what we experienced but how we've reached I think and like especially like the usage of tarot to work through the trauma Mm -hmm. has been so like almost like spookily similar and like I love hearing, um, I just love hearing like your words. There's such a healing and you're, it's amazing. It's amazing. And a gift to everyone listening and thank you. Yeah. An inspiration. That's beautiful. And, um, Yeah. yeah, I love that. And then so you have created the well tarot. It's gorgeous. And I think, Oh yeah, of course. And um, I would love to hear, you know, a little bit about what that idea of the well, like the medicine of that, what that means to you. The well, oh gosh, when I was trying to think of, um, I had a conversation with my mom, who is a genius, the best and, woman um, ever. <laughs> right? I love your mother, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh. truly. Um, and we were talking about, because I'm uh, in graduate school to become a nurse practitioner in women's health. And we were talking about, you know, like in the future, you know, just start with a name. Like, what do you, what do you see your business or your practice being called? You know, what do you see? And, and, and I thought, and it came to me twofold because I thought, uh, you know, I want people to be well. But wellness practice is so overused mm-hmm. right now. Like it's you know, and and I want I also 
um, Leo Moon want to be unique and seen mm-hmm. and like you know different. And I thought about that and I was like, well, you know, what I do want the well, I want well women. I want women to be well. And then I was like, and well, well, okay, wells are everywhere. Wells are yeah. one of the biggest like threads through that to me was that wells don't transcend, but they thread through every single culture in on this planet like there's not a culture on this planet that does not in some form or another gather water yes protect water go to water bathe drink even if your well is a cactus you know like that Mm -hmm. like in the especially because of dr e and her her lineage and her teachings and everything. Like I think about that, like, like a a cactus in a desert can be your well, a, you know, a wet washcloth that somebody hands you in an ER when you're peeling your guts out is your well. Yes. Like, you know, it, and, and it just connects all of us. It connects every single person. And, it's traditionally, I mean, also a function of the feminine it, within tribal culture, especially, mm-hmm. but even within our culture. Uh, and no, like, disrespect or any, like, anything to the beautiful masculine that there is in the world. Mm-hmm. But that the masculine is not my area of expertise <laughs> or, <laughs> that's such a polite you know, way to put it like, yes i do know yeah <laughs> right um that's just not my uh so like a hundred thousand percent props to all the men who have gathered water and who gather and protect water today but my <laughs> experience is that it's a function of the women mm-hmm. the women drew the water the women carried the water the women applied the water the women use water in a way that is for our survival and and pleasure you know and so it just like it really um it really meant uh it just became to came to mean a lot to me and it means a lot to me it's something that like I um, really, I hold the well tarot and and all thoughts about it in just such the highest regard. Mm. Like, yes, it's mine. It is mine and definitely, you know, my baby. Um, and it is a baby, but I, I just hold her in such high regard. I think that, um, I think I want her to... Uh, I want her to to be that wet washcloth on your forehead to anybody that it like that experiences her. Oh, gorgeous! Thank you so much for that. <laughs> um, everyone, book with Alicia immediately, <laughs> please. <laughs> so beautiful. Like, Thank you. Who does not Thank want you. that wet washcloth, girl? I do. <laughs> I know, right? It's gorgeous. <laughs> Oh, everyone does. Everyone yeah. needs a wet washcloth on their forehead. If you don't have that, you go wet one right now. 
and just lay back <laughs> and put it on your forehead. Yes. And I swear to God, you will feel better. <laughs> it cures all. It really does. It does. It, it really does. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, it's just a slight transition sort of kind of. I'd love to hear about, you know, we speak a lot about this term, but like, you know, I often will ask, well, I actually think I'm going to ask you about that after this, but I love hearing about different cards, you know, spoken about through different lens views. And I'd love to start as I often do with folks and ask, you know, what is the card or cards, um, through your life that has consistently shown up for you as like deepest ally? Oh, deepest ally. Um, I'm going to go with my, <laughs> my tarot boyfriend, the king of pentacles or king of earth in that deck, uh, in, in Doreen's deck, the angel tarot. Um, and that might be a strange choice, but, um, at, like, as you teach that, that is, kind of the rounding out of the deck yeah the you know um which i think is such a beautiful teaching about that particular card um because and because it's what that says to me is that success and i mean that in the form of wellness and and joy and um uh ease and those types of successes um, are possible. Yeah. They, they really do exist and they really are there for those of us who may not have a whole lot of proof in our past to make that mean something, you know, yeah. to make that true. And whenever I, um, I don't know. Whenever I have that feeling, that that gnawing PTSD fear of like the world is literally going to spin out of control and you are not going, you know, everyone's going to die and it's just going to be you and the world is going to be horrible. You know, all yeah. those like the worst, you know, um, things that you can imagine happening that when you suffer with post-traumatic stress you know the thing about PTSD is that you like some people may theorize about what the worst that could possibly happen but when you have PTSD you typically lived through what you could imagine the worst thing mm -hmm. happening like you you know it you know it to be true that it in fact can happen that card tells me yes and it did, but, and yeah. this life is also possible for you. Oh. And there are many forces that say Alicia gets to be happy and Alicia gets to feel good. And Alicia gets to, you know, I don't know, like have a happy ending. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. Gorgeous. So beautiful, Alicia. Like, and what a way to look at that card, you know, just through such rich, wise worldview. <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. What's been a card for you that has consistently shown up as like 
the dual opposite of the like the the shadow ally like what's the card that's been and you can there can be a couple different answers for this like when i say shadow ally i mean the card that we have to do the most work to appreciate or maybe a card that despite how much we've studied it we technically know the theory we still don't it hasn't like locked into us quite yet oh that motherfucking tower <laughs> oh my god yeah. that motherfucking tower <laughs> like i just cannot I mean, yeah. it, uh, and i know like every i know i hope that a collective fuck yes went up with that because like the tower it's i have literally only very very recently been like okay i see your medicine like i yeah. see i see your gentler aspect i guess is more um more truthful and like you know well it's something you and i have spoken about because i was freaking out because i pulled the tower during mm. something some and i think it was work related and i was just like i fucking can't like it mm-hmm. can't with this right now I can and but I but I like it's not it wasn't the situation where I was like I can't I'm gonna draw another card it was like I can't because I know you're right yeah and I know you're true and I just cannot deal with that right now yeah and but the thing was is that and this is what you graciously and beautifully helped me see was that you know, the tower isn't always the absolute worst you could imagine. There are complexities to the card and there are gentler, um, not interpretations, but, uh, the card can come through in a gentle, gentler Mm -hmm. way and not so like, you know, you're falling, you're going to, you know, you're literally falling from a burning tower, but like maybe your, um, maybe the way that you are viewing a situation needs that shake up. Maybe it's yeah. not a physical manifestation. And that's what you, you helped me with is that mm. it, it doesn't have to be a physical manifestation. It can be an emotional, a feeling, a thought, you know, maybe the mm. way you're viewing, you're thinking about this situation needs a shake up. Yeah. And that was the key to unlock in the tower for me and mm. for not, uh, because I pulled the tower though. So before I think the backstory that you probably don't know is that before the, um, before that, the last time that I had pulled the tower period in any shape, form or fashion was I did a year ahead spread the year that, uh, a whole lot of stuff happened, but my, the, I pulled the tower for the month that my father passed Whoa. and yeah. And so, and I honestly, I had not pulled it, a, not a single time until then, until this other end. And this situation was, you know, like I really was work. I went through a lot professionally last year and, um, and it was, there were some deeply hurtful parts, but it, it yeah. wasn't like my dad died. You know, right. so, so, and, and that's like, that's also a thing, like, 
Um, you know, when you work with the tarot, you're going, you're going to have those synchronicities. Like you're going to pull something and it's going to be like a really big, you know, whether it be joyous or not joyous, you know, that happens and you have those connections, but you know, um, I don't know. You, you have to just kind of step back and have some discernment and have people, around you like Lindsay Mack who will say it doesn't have to be (laughs) terrible you know and and help you through those moments and you know I appreciate you saying that and I love your story and I'm just reflecting on the fact that um Holly Simple when I interviewed her spoke about Mm. the fact that she pulled the wheel of fortune and that marked a time when her father passed away and Mm. it's just I'm I'm really reflecting with a lot of awe and like respect and reverence to this idea that sometimes it like makes me this I'm like such a goddamn tarot nerd but like it makes me like a little (laughs) emotional like how certain cards will show up in certain people's lives so that we can offer our medicine stories about how it can show up. And I believe that, Oh, absolutely. you know, and I believe that you having experienced such a loss with the connection with your, with the tower, and then also experience the tower without the mm-hmm. connection of such an immense loss, experiencing all kinds of different flavors of it. Like it, it, when I think of that, I just think of a glorious shimmering spider web that's radiating out from your heart to everyone who's called to work with you and everybody who we, you know, just, just everyone that comes into, into contact with this interview and like everyone who hears such a thing so that there can be this, it's just there's such a subtle sacred web around like, you know, we talk about a lot, like you really cannot have an oversaturation of like readers and teachers because like that's never anything that the next person would even think about how the tower would like, and like the fact that the tower like did not ever show, like she's very selective about how she comes up for you. And that's Mm so important too like there are some cards like that for us so Mm -hmm. I'm just like filled with all the feelings of you sharing like the power of that and I just really want to thank you for that because it's beautiful and Uh, I honor your your father as well like um such uh, a loss yeah well and well I do have to say that my father and I's relationship was super complex Mm -hmm. and complicated and he was a very complicated man which which further layered my tower experience you know like that I mean it it really layered but and also that like if you don't have a Lindsay Mac in your life please find one because she will literally make your heart grow (laughs) 5,000 times and like not even and every time you look at a stupid lighter that you bought with her you will be filled with the deepest 
like reverence for yourself and for the world and for her and everything like seriously I... you are the motherfucking bomb like yeah. you're just so amazing <laughs> truly right back at you all of that I just like I take that I lift it and I put it back to you you just made my head explode out of my ass like I have that fucking come and go lighter like in my healing room in my living room like it is a deep rich part of my um like it's a part of my sacred practice to like light my things with that come and go lighter yeah same and that is true and like that's like that is Man, I mean, that's what this is all about, right? Yeah. Like every little bit of it, that's what this is all about. Like people, yeah. like my work doctorate, and don't get me wrong, I revere her. In, I mean, like, I can't even tell you, she is the teacher of my heart, and I mm. revere her for the woman that she is. But if it if it did, if I got nothing except that I have that lighter <laughs> to look at that connects me to your heart, oh. to your light, when I light up and it connect, and that connects both of us to the light that is that that group of people that study with her in that mm-hmm. space. I mean, you want to talk about power on this earth? That's the power on this earth. Oh, that right amen, there. Amen, girl. And same thing. A same. fucking come and go lighter. A fucking come <laughs> and go lighter. Which who knew that those yeah. were things that existed? I didn't. I remember also <laughs> you like actively turning around to go there. I, I you were like, <laughs> no, oh, right? hold on, let's like yeah. double back and roll over the like. Let's go out of our way, say a sacred yes to this invitation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my god. And yeah, I, I mean, know. just such wise words. Um, uh, what is, uh, so a lot of people don't know that, like, they can work with Dr. E. So, oh, um, yeah. yeah, and I, every time I even mention it, I get so much feedback. So you're such yeah. a rich, like an OG Dr. E student. Yeah. Like, would you like to share a little bit about how you've yeah. learned from her and, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, I'm second generation women who run with the wolves. I grew up with a mom who was reading it, who studied it, mm. who it was very integral in her own journey of her life, which, oh. um, for all you ladies that don't know yet is very separate from your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, like, and, yeah. and that is okay. <laughs> um, so, but, I, you know, uh, had the benefit of that and, and the like, deep privilege of a mother that like gave a shit about stuff like women who run with the wolves or, you know, anything like that. So, I mean, that's a huge privilege in and of itself. And in, so I think like maybe in 2007, 2008, Dr. E um, started her Facebook. And oh, what a gift. Back then, Oh, like it was crazy. It was like, it was just like all of a sudden 
Like, I'm pretty sure it's the reason that I started Facebook, because I'm going to tell you, I was a MySpace holdout, okay? I was like, I was going to be a MySpace till I died. So, um, but she started her Facebook, and she, at that time, it was like three or 5,000 people. So, I mean, that's a lot of people, but it's very manageable, and it was very intimate. And it was very, like, you would post, she would answer. Like, that that was just how it was. So, my mom was legit freaking out. (laughs) Um, Like, I'm pretty sure still has, like, printed out the first comment that Dr. E ever, like, wrote back to me on. I know. And um, so, anyway, she started that, her Facebook group, and it was beautiful, and it's still beautiful go find her on facebook because it's still a very active community and a very beautiful thing and offering that she gives um like the wealth of information that's there is ridiculous um but then i think i'm pretty sure i I, i'm pretty sure that 2009 was the first year um she offered uh the first of five teachings it was called the mysterium and it was depth psychology you know through her through her lens and um it was open only to healers um people in the healing professions my mom and i were um just like did anything we could to to go mm-hmm. uh, and we're both nurses so um we got in and, and it was hysterical because we were like the only nurses everyone else was like psychologists <laughs> right. and psychiatrists and counselors and we were like i'm a nurse <laughs> hi <laughs> but um and it was um it was life-changing truly deeply to this thing to this very day to this moment i believe that that was a um it was a divergence in my path for sure yeah. it was it was a moment where um you know my life it was just a, I mean, it was a moment in my life and, um, we, it is hardcore as you can attest to. Mm-hmm. It is no joke. Eight to 10 hours a day mm-hmm. of sitting in a super uncomfortable chair or rolling around on the floor, like I choose to do, um, <laughs> or sitting at her feet in mm-hmm. little tiny yoga chairs. And mm-hmm. it is, intensive listening it is um just it is like getting like her teachings and that mysticism that she holds it's just like it being constantly poured at you yeah for like eight to ten hours a day and um it's it's five days long uh, she has since expanded into several teachings. She does several different teachings. Um, uh, Mavenproductions.com is her website. You can go and you can um, look at all her offerings. They are, many of them still, like I think there's maybe two or three that are still open only to people in the healing professions or healing arts, um, but that's a pretty loose interpretation. And if you email um, and... Uh, you, you will get a response if you email and just yeah. say, Hey, this is me. This is who I am. Would I be available? You know? And, um, they're very, Dr. E's very private and she's very selective. Um, as far as like the, what she is, 
she's very boundaried. She's where I have learned healthy boundaries from. Um, yeah, her boundaries are no she, fucking joke. No fucking joke, right? No joke. Like, I, know, I, I mean, yeah, Mm-mm. no joke. Like, this is not a, uh, and I will, I will say this, and I will be bold to say this. This is not a hands-on love circle um, type of training. It's, it's not. Will you be changed? Will you, will you be changed in ways you won't even know? Will you make connections that will truly change your life in your daily life? Absolutely. But it is a, it is, and they call them intensive for a reason. Yeah. So, you know, like I know, um, and she is, no joke with her boundaries. And I, for me, I respect that in such a deep, like sacred way that um, I I don't even talk about my experience with her very much. Yeah. Just because like I would, I, I, it's just such a sacred space. Mm-hmm. It is a completely closed container. Um, it is a sealed and held container. Every year there are people, um, typically students of Curandera, which is her practice, um, which is a, um, uh, made to the Americas, typically a Mexican healing, um, uh, practice. And, um, there are typically students of that that attend just to hold that circle. Yeah. Um, they are there to energetically hold the space and the container so mm. that it remains safe and sacred and beautiful. And, um, and they do amazing work at it. I never it knew because, that. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the only reason they're there. Um, well, you know, but sure. They're, they're so powerful. That is their, yeah. It, and it really is, and the care to have that a part of, you know, just shows you, like, I don't know, like, uh, how serious it's taken and how serious, how serious she takes your own heart. Yeah. Um, while, while you may not feel that, like, like, lovey dovey, you no. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not the kind of grandma shit. <laughs> like, like yeah. I'm sure that's the kind of grandma she is to her babies, but to us, Harry God grandmother babies, she's like, yeah, you stay over there. I'm going to be over here. Mm. And then I'm going to literally slice my heart open and pour it out for you here on the floor. And you can have that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, which is the, is the true intimacy anyway. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so yeah, it's life changing. And I, I wish that I could pinpoint, um, I wish I could pinpoint or give like, uh, like, Oh, this happened or that oh, happened. No, not and even I'm, any yeah, need. Like no. that's for you. But, um, just like uh, what you've shared is so it's more than enough, like so valuable and helpful because I think people, a don't really know that, a you know, it's happening, yeah. which is fine. But B, right. um, to hear you explain it like you just did is so, I mean, so, and like, so beautiful, not just in the description, but such a clear mirror for the kind of work you do and the kind of space you hold and like what you're drawn to is also 
so much of what you, Alicia, are, like that openness of heart and that depth of spirit, it, it's beautiful to see that mirror there. Thank you. And it, it is truly my greatest, um, like, my greatest dream for my practice, for anyone that I ever work with, that I emulate that same um, space holding, like that 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 I can um, that I can do that that I I feel I feel prepared for that because of the people that I have sat at the feet of and watched mm. do that in such big way. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. So my love, our time is up, and I would love for folks to know. I have to have you back on the podcast. I'd and I'd love for them to know how they can find you. You can find me most often on Instagram um, at the Well Tarot, mm-hmm. um, and I do have a website that I use uh, primarily for um, bookings, which is thewelltarot.com. Beautiful. Um, on I also have a newsletter, which um, hi to all of my twenty-two subscribers. Yes, um, I <laughs> I love you all so much. <laughs> and I just took a little break from, like, I just literally this morning sent out like, hey, ever been tired? Me too. I'm tired. <laughs> I'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody's feeling that. So, mm. um, so yeah, I have a newsletter, though, that is typically weekly um, and then with some kind of um, added special bonuses every once in a while. And you can sign up for that at the Well Tarot. And I would love love to hear from anybody and everybody because if you're listening to this podcast you're a bad motherfucker so (laughs) i want to know you amazing (laughs) alicia i love you thank you so much for being here i love you this was glorious thank you thank you for your service to the world truly i mean that deeply deeply thank you for allowing me to be here and thank you for just being here i love you so much i love you so much and Thank you for being here.